Yeah. Yeah. What's crack? Big. Dogs. Welcome. Bike to the headquarters. Welcome. Bike to the channel. My name is Nicholas. This is B-D-G-E. Big dogs got to eat. We did promise no more liquids on the table, so we're going to take that, throw it over there. We'll take that, throw it over there. Yes, we've got a new laptop. We got the new laptop, and I'll tell you what, man. I was tweeting about this. The new Apple line of MacBook Pros is unbelievable. You know, like, here's the thing. Um, for those of y'all that are new to the channel, by the way, we're, we're going to do a recap of all of week nine's NFL games as it relates to this thing that we like to call, that we like to ruin our lives, fantasy football. We like to let ruin our lives, I should say. So we're going to recap it all and talk about, you know, the biggest injuries, early waiver wire pickups for week 10, all that good shit. But I really need to give a shout out to, well, we'll, we'll see if this works flawlessly. We'll see how the laptop holds up during an hour long live stream where we've got a camera hooked up. We've got lights and second monitors and shit. But right now it already looks 45 times more clear than what my, my old laptop looked like. Is it looking crispy for y'all out there? Is it looking crispy? All right, well, Mac dropped a new line of MacBook Pros like a month ago, whenever they dropped their new products. And it has this new chip. All right, so here's what Apple does, right? Apple does this thing where like each year, they like very incrementally up upgrade products. Like the, the iPhone really hasn't been upgraded in like four years in terms of, you know, the value that it's giving off to consumers. R realistically, all they do is literally just add more fucking megapixels to a camera and then tell you it's like the new greatest thing. And they were like, oh, we upgraded the fucking processor. It's like, no, you didn't. It's the same shit. They do that with their computers a lot, too. But every once in a while, they come around. This is why Apple is Apple, because when they do finally say, hey, we're going to upgrade this. And what we've been working on for the last five years is this new product coming out. Them motherfuckers do not miss, okay? Like the AirPods Pro, the AirPod Pros. I don't know if you guys uh, had the AirPod Pros, but those are, those are, to me, those are the best product that Apple's ever made. Those were like game changers. Those were like world-changing products. The AirPod Pros, the AirPods themselves were cool, all right? They were like the iPhone, but the AirPod Pros were basically literally took everything bad about the AirPods and, and made it good. All right. That's what I looked at at the AirPod Pros. This new line of MacBook Pros is infallible. You know, I said it yesterday on Twitter. Again, this M1 chip, right? The new chip is M1. They've been using Intel chips in their in their computers for a long time. They switched over to their own M1 chips. And this M1 chip is overdosing on fucking Adderall. This thing is so... F I've never been on a laptop quite like this. Um, so... I like to give credit where it's due to different, to, to anything, all right? To people, to technology, to companies, to brands, whatever it is. This new laptop is unlike anything I've ever used in the technology realm when it comes to surfing thy internet, all right? So fuck, if you were thinking about it, I would absolutely pull the trigger. This thing is incredible, which means we're going to have a flawless, flawless live stream for y'all that are coming in, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you are new. Uh, and y'all can follow me on the social medias. Right there. Nick Ercolano. 
You know, it's funny. Like I'm Italian, obviously with the name Ercolano. Someone asked me the other day how I pronounced it. And they tried first before I told them and they're like, Ercolano. And it's like, no, like I'm not a fucking asshole. I'm not going to pronounce my name like that. But like my aunt who's super Italian does that sometimes. So it's like anyone who's a normal human would pronounce it like you are the letter U, the letter R, Colano, Ercolano, right? Or maybe that's like a New Jersey, New York thing. At least my accent. Anyone who's like super Italian would be like, yeah, Colano. I'm like, like, what the fuck are you from the mid 1700s? All right, let's talk some football. And the first thing we're going to do is lose some money on underdog. Because we've got our Monday night game tonight. We've got the Monday night game tonight. Y'all know what that means. We've got some pickums. We've got the Bears at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, if y'all have not dabbled with underdog yet, you should absolutely do so. It's the best way to bring home the revenue. Underdogfantasy.com. You could download the app in the app store. If it's your first time depositing, you're going to use the promo code BDGE, and they're going to match whatever you put in your account up to 100 bucks. So if you want to put 50 bucks, your account's going to have $100 in it by simple mathematics. If you're going to put 75, you're going to have 150 in your account, okay? Um, so yes. That's what you should be doing. Underdog Fantasy. Link for the app is in the description. Make sure you download and use promo code BDGE. So Fields uh Fields is coming off a big day where or big week. 27 fantasy points. He rushed for like 100 yards. Now they're going against Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh has been red smoking fucking hot fire directly out of a dragon's mouth on defense i feel like this is going to be a comeback down to earth game for justin fields now that might lead to a lot of scrambling because they're going to get a lot of pressure on him i feel like he might end up with fewer than 185.5 passing yards we do have to decide on a player prop from each side now I kind of don't hate Marquise Goodwin over 11 and a half receiving yards because he's the third wide receiver. He's running more snaps than Demir Bird. So he is the third wide receiver. I almost like both of these third wide receivers, James Washington and Marquise Goodwin, who are not good players, but 11 and a half receiving yards is basically one reception. Now, Chicago's defense will be without Khalil Mack, and we saw them just absolutely get swalloped last week. Uh, I think it was to the 40. I forget who they lost to last week, but it wasn't good. I think it was 33 to 22 or some shit they lost. I might just be making that up, but I remember um, their defense did not play well. It's not a scary defense without Khalil Mack, for real, for real. So, looking at the Pittsburgh side of things, um, Pat Farmuth is interesting at 35 and a half receiving yards because Eric Ebron has been ruled out. I do think Najee Harris just makes a lot of sense. So, Najee Harris over 0.5 rushing touchdowns, Najee Harris over 85 and a half rushing yards. Um, we're going to take touchdown over. I think he gets in. Then we got to take one from the Bears side. I want to take something on the under for Justin Fields' passing yards. 185.5 is not really a lot. I'm still going to take the under on it. So we're going to throw $10 on that. Najee Harris, rushing touchdown. Justin Fields, under 185.5 passing yards. $10 is going to get you 30. So if you use a promo code BDGE when you deposit 10, you're going to have $20 into your account with to fuck around with, and you can uh, and you can make it 60 bucks. So we're going to run that. I don't even have fucking money in my account. What a loser I am. Can I do five? Let's go. Hey, don't worry about what just happened there. Don't worry about my, don't worry about another man's money. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk some games. 
So we could start off with a Thursday night football game. Damn, this is so smooth on the live stream. I'm so happy about this fucking computer. I wonder if I should be like zooming in for you guys. Is that better? Probably. Okay, so we'll start off on the Jets side of things. Mike White looked, yo, Mike White like low-key might be the actual truth. Unfortunately, we might not be able to find out. Zach Wilson activated from the IR for next week, but I do think Mike White might get another start. Josh Johnson came in after Mike White hurt his finger. I think the biggest storylines here would be uh, Michael Carter still dominating work. Didn't have a big performance, but still ended up with um, 85 plus total yards. Saw 15 opportunities. So, you know, it's, he's still clearly the RB1 there. Ty Johnson is still looking good in the passing game. Still will be involved going forward. But the, the big takeaway here is Elijah Moore probably. Uh, eight targets, seven catches, 84 yards, two touchdowns. What I'll say is, you know, it, it took like nine weeks for this to happen. So it's like, yes, he had a big game and like we can get excited about it going forward. But like also about fucking time, sir. Um, someone that we were all really excited about coming out of Ole Miss, like super, super good combine numbers, really, really good numbers in college. So I think he's definitely a waiver wire pickup right now. Uh, the downside, of course, is that he's playing with guys like fucking Mike White and Zach Wilson, who will be back a quarterback soon, who paid him no attention. I uh, did run the most or he was on the field for the most snaps that he's had this year since week two. Um, 60% of the snaps he was on the field for this week, 78% was his season high from week two before that. So good to see him on the field. Good to see him get involved. With that, another caveat, as there always is with these fucking New York Jets, Corey Davis out for two straight games, had the hamstring injury. So he's going to be back sooner rather than later, and he has kind of operated as the number one possession receiver whenever he's healthy. So that's what I'll say about Elijah Moore. I'm not going to go nuts. But again, we see a lot of rookie wide receivers break out over the second half of the year. So he's definitely a guy that I would want to look at on the waiver wire if um, <clears throat> if I am desperate at wide receiver. The bye weeks for next week. There's four teams on by, I believe. You have the Bears, you have the Bengals, the Giants, and the Texans. So for the Bears side, you're looking at uh, Justin Fields, David Montgomery, and Khalil Herbert. David Montgomery will actually be activated for this game, which is why there are no lines up yet for the Bears running back situation on underdog yet, but I'm sure they will be up there before the kickoff tonight. So stay tuned on that. Um, I mean, your ass wasn't starting Allen Robinson or Donald Mooney. Anyways, we got the Bengals, which is a heavy-hitting fantasy offense. So you'll be without Burrow, Higgins, Boyd, Chase, and Joe Mixon. The New York Giants, you'll be without Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay, if you're some godforsaken soul still starting him. Saquon should be back after the bye, but you'll be without Devontae Booker, that means, and uh, you know Shepard, Tony, whoever the fuck was out there. And then the Houston Texans. So that will be uh, you know normal fucking procedure as is. No one gives a shit about them. On the Colts side of things, Carson Wentz continues to be awesome. Michael continues to be awesome. Taylor continues to be awesome. That's all we got to say about that. Browns, Bengals. Man, you know, for a long time, it sounded like all those people saying that the, the Browns and Baker might have been better without Odell Beckham. It's a small sample size, but it is uh, the correct sample size at this point. Baker looked good, obviously super low volume, so it's hard to trust him in fantasy. Nick Chubb, just dominant, so you know you feel really good about him. I think Kareem Hunt is still a couple weeks off from returning, so he's obviously Nick Chubb, high-end RB1. Got a couple targets in this game even, which was pretty sexy to see. Uh, Dearness Johnson, eight carries, not really involved in the passing game, so any hope of him having upside of Kareem Hunt? Like, yes, maybe he'll get the usage, you know, 14 carries to eight carries good to see but like 16 yards absolutely not good to see uh donovan people jones 
brought in a 60-yard touchdown. Uh, he will probably be the direct replacement for Odell Beckham Jr. The problem is you don't want Odell Beckham Jr. or the replacement for Odell Beckham Jr. He's definitely a speculative ad. Uh, he's a big big play guy, super athletic, so maybe he turns into something. Jarvis Landry, just a terrible, terrible game. Uh, did lead the team in targets, so he had five of the 21 pass attempts go his way, which is you know pretty nice target share, like 23% or some shit like that. So definitely better days ahead for Jarvis Landry, just not a passing offensive type of day for Thy Browns. Nothing else to really see here. On the Cincinnati side of things, just an awful day all around. I think Jamar Chase, I mean, they they just, they just had a, uh, an ugly day, uh, a lot of big mistakes and drop passes that led to interceptions. Not reading too much into it, but T. Higgins, as I said last week, two weeks ago, was a very good buy low candidate. Starting to see a ton of targets, went uh, six for 78 on eight targets. So you love to see that. Jamar Chase, 13 targets, but just a shitty, shitty day for him. Obviously, still a wide receiver one going forward. Uh, and I've been telling you all to sell Joe Mixon. I look like a fucking asshole right now because he went 13 for 64 along with two touchdowns on the ground, five targets, five catches, 46 yards through the air. We'll have to see, you know, how it shakes out with Chris Evans back in the mix. Cause it's not like Mixon dominated the groundwork, 13 carries, uh, P Ryan, five carries, but he got super involved in the passing game. Maybe that was a game script thing, but it was good to see him get five targets when P Ryan uh, only saw three. Let me pull up the NFL schedule grid. The Bengals will be, you see how fucking quick this thing is. Do you see it? That was in real time. Me just doing that with the fucking 45 things plugged into my computer and software and apps and programs running right now. This thing is a beast. It's a fucking beast. Cincinnati plays. Oh, they got to buy next week. Or that's right. You'll be without them. Then they get Las Vegas, Pittsburgh, LA, San Fran, Denver, Baltimore, KC. So actually not a great slate of defenses, but you know, in the beginning of the year, you might've been scared of, of a lot of these defenses, Chargers, San Fran, Denver, but like, you're not really too worried about them any more going forward. Uh, what else we got here? Nothing really. Broncos, Cowboys. Um, just an absolute dominant BDSM type performance out of the Broncos. They split carries as usual. They just happen to have a higher ratio and just turn in terms of number of overall like touches and carries for their running backs. Like, you know, 21 carries, 80 yards and a touchdown for Melvin, 17 carries, 111 yards for Javante Williams. Good to see him have a little bit of a breakout game, but like on a typical day, you know, those carries will just go down by, you know, 20% and it'll be Melvin Gordon with 15 and Javante with 13 or whatever. So not looking into this game too much and being like, oh, Javante Williams is now out like, you know, just the timeshare. We all fucking know this. Um, and it doesn't look like any of either of them are pulling away by any, by any means. Javante Williams is going to be an absolute fucking beast next year though. Every week, it seems like he's just ripping off unbelievable runs, man. Shit. Very, very Twitter timeline worthy in the passing game. Tim Patrick leads the group four for 85 and a tugger. Uh, Judy did get eight targets. So that was good to see that he led the team, um, in targets with the target share of, of, uh, really fucking high, whatever it was. Had, a. Uh, Basically a, what, 27% target share in this one. So it's hurting Cortland Sutton. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is not a big play guy to begin with, but now you start adding Judy back into the mix as a leading target guy. And yeah, it's definitely a little bit concerning for Cortland Sutton. Uh, Jerry Judy, 6 for 69. So like a good day production-wise. He's just not really giving you a ceiling right now. Obviously, he's, he's definitely usable in the flex spot. So uh, I'll probably continue to fire. I have him in one dynasty league and E-Town get down. I had to start him this week because I had like five guys on by. But I feel pretty comfortable starting, uh, continuing to start Jerry Judy uh, 
during these bye weeks. Up next, they get Philadelphia, then a bye, then the Chargers, KC, Detroit, Cincinnati. Wow, that's a really, real. actually, the Chargers aren't too bad in the passing game, um, but they are super banged up in their secondary. But KC, Detroit, Cincinnati, Vegas, that's, that's a nice little – it's a nice little Oreo sandwich right there of all those teams. So Judy looks like a, a guy who might help you throw some dubs up in the standings going forward. Um, Alberto disappointing game with no fan out. He should be back next week on the Cowboy side of things, man. It was just, it was just ugly all around. Just a terrible, terrible game for Dak. I'm probably just going to throw this one out. Zeke left. He was on and off with a knee contusion, but he like ended up finishing the game. Kind of had his normal snaps in the second half. So I'm not going to read too much into that unless some new um, reports come out that it's a little bit more serious or like bruising and swelling, you know, came out after the game or this morning or whatever. So uh, I will not. Um, Jesus Christ, 72 fucking texts from snacks and animals. So on the flip side, dude, if you guys are into gambling, I'm not really like I, I play pick them on. um I play pick them on underdog a lot, right? Obviously we work with them, but I love playing those games. They're super fun. If you're like a fantasy person, you you're really into statistics on a week over week basis. So like, you know, you think you have a little bit of an edge, which you find out really quickly. You fucking don't regardless bagels and locks, yo bagels and locks is the betting video that we have on our channel. The betting film that we put out every uh, depends when our editors like fucking having sex with his girlfriend. It's either Saturday morning or Sunday morning. They put it out every week and not only is it like low key, the only entertaining betting show that I've come across on the internet, but snacks and animal because they're a shit show on camera. It's super entertaining. The editing is awesome, but they're 15 and three over their last three weeks on their picks. It's simple. It's like, there you go, animal. You're fucking deviating into my brain without me even knowing it. They, they take three picks every single week and then they add up the record over the course of the season. All right. So this is just a pitch. You guys should be watching Bagels and Locks. It's it's like low-key, like probably the best piece of content that BDG puts out weekly and gets the lowest number of views because Animal's fucking terrible at making thumbnails, which I'm going to help them out with. But regardless, 15-3 over the last three weeks, they're sharp. They're fucking sharp. And in the first, we, this is the third year they've done it. In the first season, Animal started off like 8 and like 45 on his picks, ended up flipping it around and beating snacks by one snacks was like rock fucking rock hard fire fire coming out the gate like 20 and like three an animal was like the reverse of whatever the record was animal ended up coming back over the second half of the season beating him by one game and then last year it also came down to i believe like super bowl picks so they go into the playoffs as well it's always been a scorching hot finish and those, those they're on fire right now so make sure if you're in the gambling game if you're in the betting game we will continue to put out content for that uh, animals and snacks got that game on fucking lock down. All right. Bagels and lock. Check it out every Saturday morning, Sunday morning. You'll be able to find it on my channel. Texans dolphins. Like, I don't, man, I don't want to talk about this shit at all. Two is a, a, a two is a fucking asshole for sitting out at the end of this game real quick. Here's the one takeaway I have. One Tyrod was awful. Tyrod was so, 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 so bad. Uh, Brandon cooks did have 13 targets, which I guess is good to see, but when they're Tyrod Taylor targets, it's not, the best thing in the world on the Miami side, Mike, uh, Devonte Parker. And this is something I've, I've talked about last week. I talked about the week before that when they have a condensed funnel of targets, like you can play Waddle and Gesicki and you're able to play both of them in this game, 10 targets for Waddle, eight targets for Gesicki. As long as like their other wide receivers, Fuller and Parker are out, which they both will be out for this upcoming game. I want to say they play on Thursday night. Uh, Miami plays Baltimore on Thursday night. Is that, is that correct? 
I guess so. Unless, are they the Thursday night game this week? Yep, Baltimore and Miami. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thursday night. So you can, that, that is a pass funnel defense in Baltimore. So you could, without a doubt, play Wild. You could definitely play Gasicki next week. But the big, the big thing here for me was Miles Gaskin, man. I think he's a really, really good buy low. If you, if you can buy him low, I, I know whoever like owns Miles Gaskin right now is probably, oh, fuck, we're not on the screen, huh? Sheesh. How come y'all didn't tell me? And by that, y'all definitely told me I just wasn't looking at the fucking chat. I'm trying to focus, I'm trying to focus. Miles Gaskin, 20 carries. Let me zoom in a little bit because you guys probably can't even see this. Sheesh. 20 carries for Miles Gaskin, 34 yards and a touchdown. So just awful on the ground. Just really, really bad. Gets six targets, turns him into six catches and 23 yards. So you're talking about 26 touches for Miles Gaskin. I don't know how you do that against Houston. Like you average, you get 26 touches and end up with fucking 55 yards against Houston. Terrible. But like if there's ever been a, a really encouraging sign with Malcolm Brown out is what Miles Gaskin had on Sunday. The offensive line for Miami is really bad, but they're going to be a lot better when two is back. They're, their offense will run smoother. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was kind of just shoved in last minute. So, like, I'm not surprised that their offense didn't play well. Um, but when two is back, I, I think Miles Gaskin is going to be like a legit sneaky top 15 running back going forward, especially just in terms of volume. Falcon Saints, let's fucking go. Dirty Birds. Matt Ryan looked amazing um, for the first time, like, ever. I saw a stat today that, like, the Atlanta's run offense, as you can see, their, their numbers right here were just, like, the worst – legitimately so one of those analytics nerds on twitter was saying that the epa of the atlanta rushing offense was the worst epa of any offense of the last 20 years mike davis nine for 13 1.4 yards per carry Cordell patterson nine for 10 1.1 yards per carry felipe franks and matt ryan the two quarterbacks seven carries for for 11 yards like that was the worst game of all time from a rushing offense it's incredible uh, Correll Patterson also incredible. Mike Davis is terrible. He is so bad, and you can't start him uh, unless they're playing against like Houston. Correll Patterson ended up with nine carries for ten yards, but in the receiving game, caught all six of his targets for 126 yards. And this was the trade that I did, 
you know, uh, I talked about it last week. I, I made a trade in the E-Town get down where I sent, um, where I sent Antonio Gibson, Chase Edmonds and Carson Wentz for quarter all Patterson Tua, and some fab dollars. Cause I was at zero. My, I was looking at like, I'd rather own quarter Patterson than Gibson and Edmonds combined. And now Edmonds has the high ankle sprain. So obviously that I got lucky and it turned out to do well. If Tua was in the fucking game, I'd feel a lot, you know, I didn't know Tua was hurt when I made the trade. So he would have ended up, um, being a bigger, a big piece of the offense for me this week, because I have fucking, I'm going into tonight's game. I'm down 25 half PPR. I have chase Claypool and the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So I don't feel confident about that whatsoever. It's definitely possible. Cause like the Steelers defense has been rock hard and, uh, Claypool obviously has a very high ceiling, even though he's sucked shit the last couple of weeks. Uh, but the way I was looking at it was like, you know, uh, that ended up being a good trade for me pretty much because, Cordell Patterson's ceiling is so high. He should have had a much bigger game. He, he got stuffed on the goal line a few times. He had a lot of red zone involvement that just didn't turn into touchdowns, but he could have easily had like two touchdowns in this game, and it could have been like a 25 to 30-point game for him. Uh, nothing else really to see here as Calvin Ridley is out. You keep starting Kyle Pitts. Russell Gage is – I hated that like Tajay Sharp was like a thing last week because Russell Gage is the next wide receiver up, but you just don't want to start him. On the flip side of things, uh, Trevor Simeon, like what the fuck ever. Just start Taysom Hill, please. Just start fucking Taysom Hill. Stupid ass Sean Payton. All right, let's keep rolling. Raiders versus the Giants. Um, Josh Jacobs is another super interesting trade target, in my opinion. He's probably one of gonna. He's probably gonna be one of the the easier like trade targets going forward. He's been super super involved, especially in the passing game. Uh, four targets in this one. I want to say, like, let me see. I want to say over the last three, four games since Gruden's been gone, his target numbers have been pretty healthy. Or at least, I mean, on the season, four targets, three targets, only one, uh, five targets, five targets. So he's like catching balls and he's he's getting targets and stuff. And I feel like that's going to be a pretty significant piece of this offense, especially with Henry Ruggs gone and not having a real replacement there. Um, Darren Waller, good to see. Bike there, seven for ninety-two. Hunter Renfro obviously takes a big piece of that pie when Hunter, uh, when Henry Ruggs is over there on Alcatraz, seven for forty-nine and a touchdown on nine targets. So you continue to um, fire up Hunter Renfro as a flex play. I will say though, like the dude's averaging like eight targets a game, and he's yet to hit eighty yards. So like he's basically a more condensed version of Cole Beasley. You know, like they're both seeing around the same volume, but Beasley has much higher ceiling and a much lower floor. Renfro continues to see, you know, eight targets a game, but turning turns it into 55 yards. You're going to be happy when he scores a touchdown, of course, but I don't know. Kenyon Drake's super involved as well. Eight more targets, six for 70 through the air. So I think he's like kind of a, a desperate flex play as well because they're getting their running backs super involved in their game plan. Um, on the New York side of things, a big game from Devontae Booker, of course, because I was playing against him in E-Town get down. Daniel Jones with 110 passing yards. Congrats, my guy. Really disappointing for everybody else. I mean, when you throw for 110 yards, it's going to be disappointing. But, like, Kadaris Tony one target, just so, so, so bad by Jason Garrett, the game planning here. It's like anytime you can give Devontae Booker 21 times the number of touches you can give Kadarius Tony, you just have to do it. Uh, they get their bye next week. Saquon should be back after the bye. Um, Kadarius Tony will probably be fully healthy after the bye. They should have their offense in full strength after the bye. So could get interesting there. Patriots, Panthers. 
Okay. Uh, Mac Jones throws for 139 yards. Sam Darnold throws for 172 yards. So we have nothing out of the passing game. few takeaways, though. Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris both left this game with head injuries. And I don't think – let me check the Twitter world real quick. I don't think we have any news yet on whether or not you know they suffer concussions or if they're in the um, concussion protocol right now or whatever. But let us see. Yeah, so they both left the game at some point with a head injury. So it's gonna you're gonna have to keep a close eye on that. Like obviously, if Damian Harris misses, Ramondre Stevenson is gonna be one of the top pickups this week. Um, Damian, Damian Harris has just been playing so fucking well lately, though. Just scoring so many touchdowns. Yeah, so we have no updates on those two, but those are ones to keep a really, really close eye on. Because if you know if Damian Harris misses time, Ramondre Stevenson is the pickup. If both of them miss time, you know it's usually when guys get a concussion, they have uh, the, the rate of clearance by the next week is like seventy to eighty percent, so it's pretty high. But you know, thirty percent don't. So if both of them end up missing next week, uh, Brandon Bolden becomes the obvious pickup here. He had eight carries for 54 yards. He's also super involved in the passing game, typically on a week-to-week basis, but there's nobody else you can trust in the passing game. Ramondre Stevenson went over 100 because um, he went two for 44 through the air, had a really nice catch and run, 10 for 62 on the ground. So he's looking, he's looking as good as he did in uh, preseason. So, again, he becomes a top pick up if Harris is in the concussion protocol. Um yeah, just really ugly for the other passing options. And so you can't really trust any of them in your lineup. It's getting hard to trust anyone in the Carolina offense, but it was good to see Christian McCaffrey bike 14 for 52 on the ground, four for 54 through the air. He did look pretty good. He looked like, you know, 90% of his old self. The problem is uh, the Carolina Panthers offensive line spreads their legs like a fucking nun. They open up no holes. And Christian McCaffrey actually only played like 49% of the snaps. We saw these other running backs uh, contribute in the passing game, like Chuba Hubbard, two targets, Amir Abdullah, five targets. So a lot of the time, those will all be going to Christian McCaffrey. But it's a good step in the right direction for him to play 50% of the snaps and see 18 touches. So you got to be excited as a Christian McCaffrey owner going forward. They get the Arizona Cardinals next week, which is a really good uh, defense. Washington, Miami, a bye, Atlanta. So uh, with the, Outside of that bye, those three games after Arizona are really, really crispy, and C-Mac might get a lot of people into the playoffs if you're not hurting already too bad. Sam Darnold looks so fucking bad. Looks so, so, so bad. Um, but there's nothing really they can do at the quarterback position, and it's definitely hurting DJ Moore. Definitely hurting DJ Moore. I just think you got to kind of look at him as a uh, as like a wide receiver too now because the consistency of, of accurate targets is just not there. Everybody else on Carolina is super droppable. Bills Jags I I you know I sometimes I wish like not sometimes but like I I wish I was um as happy about anything in my entire life as um as Chris Hansen was about talking about Josh Allen yesterday you know like if you watched Red Zone at all if you turned it on for any um, any stretch of 5 seconds you heard the name Josh Allen 45 times because the Bills quarterback is Josh Allen. If you didn't know, the Jacksonville Jaguars picked a defensive end by the name of Josh Allen in the first round a couple of years ago as well. And it was like the first time a guy with the same name sacked another guy with the same name. And, and Chris Hansen just like could not stop talking about it. It was like, got to the point where it was like weird. It was like getting uncomfortable. 
I was like, we fucking get it, Chris. Like, you really like your job and your life, and you love Josh Allen. Very happy for you. Just wish, wish I loved anything as much as he loved talking about it yesterday. Um, but it looked like Josh Allen, the defensive lineman, sucked the powers out of the other Josh Allen because he was, yeah, he wasn't like terrible, terrible, but like he definitely was not consistent yesterday. The quarterback Josh Allen, which led to the entire team kind of struggling. Uh, one of the takeaways from this game is the Zach Moss injury. I believe he left with a concussion as well. So again, you know, 70% plus chance of him returning for next week's game. But if not, I mean, it makes Josh Allen a high-end RB1, basically. Uh, they play the Jets next week, which means the game script will be really, really good for Devin Singletary. So he becomes an interesting flex play there because he'll probably take most of the carries. I'd imagine they activate Matt Breda, but he's not going to be used really. Uh, Devin Singletary... Double Zach Moss's carry totals also saw eight fucking targets in this game. Four for 65 or no, uh, eight targets, seven for 43. So super involved in the passing game. Manuel Sanders and Diggs both get eight targets. Cole Beasley is like used as a fucking running back at this point. 11 targets, eight catches for 33 yards. So not much that you don't that you don't know here. I will say Cole Beasley's involvement has skyrocketed since Dawson Knox has been gone. When when Dawson Knox started breaking out a few weeks ago, Cole Beasley's uh, fantasy numbers were uh, absolutely anemic. Soon as Dawson Knox went out, he started getting like 11 targets a game. So if Dawson Knox continues to be out, you can depend on high volume for Beasley. If he's not out, uh, then I would, or if he's back, you know, I would probably simmer my expectations on Mr. Beasley. Otherwise, you know, I think you just keep throwing Diggs, Sanders, and Beasley into your lineups, and Singletary will be super interesting if Zach Moss misses next week against the Jets. Jacksonville, uh, Carlos Hyde filled in as the bell cow with James Robinson out. 21 for 67 on the ground. Didn't do much through the air, but good to know. I guess if you have James Robinson, you can hold on to Hyde as a handcuff for the next week or two in case he like re-aggravates the heel. They made it seem like he was going to play next this week, uh, so I can't imagine he misses next week's game. James Robinson I'm referring to. They play Indy, um, so not like a stifling defense, but not a not a terrible defense either dan arl continues to dominate the targets there seven targets leads the team four for 60 so he continues to be a pretty rock solid tight end one uh no other takeaways here just everyone stinks marvin jones should have caught a nice touchdown down the uh down the sideline at the end of the game ish there but didn't come up with it i think he's still just like a, a low-end flex play that you can maybe depend on but other than that like no one else you're starting vikings ravens vikings just fucking pathetic like that this this was another stat I think I heard on a podcast this morning. Uh, Dalvin Cook finished the first quarter with 85 rushing yards, and there was a point, it was either the third quarter or the fourth quarter, when he had 83 rushing yards. So he was dominating, and I'm like, oh, finally, we got a ceiling game out of Dalvin Cook. Didn't happen. 17 for one cent on the ground because he had that 66-yard run in the beginning of the game. Uh, he's just not getting it done through the air. It's like usually that's where his bread and butter is, right? He's adding 40, 50 yards to the air for you. Three targets, three catches, 12 yards. He did get a touchdown called back. Like he got in, then they reviewed it. Kirk Cousins took the next play and snuck it up the middle like a little cunt, a little cunt that he is. So Kirk Cousins' big day, um, at least statistically speaking, he had a rushing touchdown and had two passing touchdowns. Other than that, I mean, Justin Jefferson started off with a 50-yard touchdown, scored it, and then really had nothing, just 19 more yards through the rest of the game. So disappointing from the Vikings offense. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there. Terrible offensive game plan, just poor execution. Um, and that allowed Baltimore and Lamar Jackson to just go absolutely nuts. So Lamar Jackson, <clears throat> 266 passing yards, three touchdowns. I do have to get some liquid right now. Hold on.
Oi, 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 oi. Lamar Jackson. 266 passing yards. Three tuggers. 21 carries for 120 yards on the ground. I believe this was the third game ever in the history of the NFL that a quarterback had over 20 carries. I think Lamar Jackson has two of them now. <clears throat> so, again, putting you up high-end RB1 numbers along with, you know, 20 fucking fantasy points through the air. Uh, pretty much unstoppable, especially because, again, I was going against him in E-Town Get Down, of course. Uh, but I think one of the bigger takeaways here is Devonta Freeman, man. So Latavius Murray has been out with a high ankle sprain. And I think Devonta Freeman becomes, you know, I mean, you should have picked him up a couple weeks ago. They had the buy, so maybe you had to drop him. But I would definitely look to pick him back up because, again, they play Thursday night. So they don't have a lot of time to rest. Latavius Murray did not practice at all last week. So Latavius Murray not even getting in a limited practice tells me that there's a really, really high chance he misses next week's game as well. Um, and again, they play against Miami. So this should be a really good friendly script for the Ravens running backs. It is kind of like a split between Freeman and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but Freeman is just so much better than Bell. He looks so much better. Freeman looks like legitimately good. 13 for 79, 6.1 yards per carry on the ground. Catches a short touchdown through the air. Le'Veon Bell also got a goal line carry. So he seems to be pretty involved on the goal line. But Freeman looks like the one with burst. He looks like the one that can provide you big plays. He's he's plenty involved in the red zone as well, maybe not all the goal line carries, but definitely the best back that they have to offer right now. Tyson Williams, just fucking RIP, man. Not even a single carry. Uh, otherwise, you know, Marquise Brown, you still continue firing him up as a wide receiver. One, 12 targets, nine catches, 116 yards. Uh, Bateman, good, good game. Eight targets, five catches, 52 yards. He's still not really like showing us uh, that he's a good fantasy asset. So it's kind of hard to put him in there as anything other than like a bye week filler at flex. Mark Andrews still, you know, 10 fucking targets, still a tight end one. Just a, a down game a little bit here. It was all Lamar Jackson. Chargers Eagles. So the Chargers won on that walk-off, um, on the walk-off at the end of the game. I think, right? Then they, they kicked a field goal, I believe, at the end of the game to win it. Uh, Herbert, 356 yards to the air, two touchdowns. Also adds 14 yards on the ground and a tugger. Um, takeaways here, not a lot of big takeaways. Donald Parham is starting to run more routes than Jared Cook, so that's something to monitor. He's still not getting volume, but he did score a touchdown here. Um, just like the entire tight end group here was actually very involved. You have Jared Cook, 4 for 48. Parham, 3 for 39, touchdown. Steven Anderson, 4 for 39, a touchdown. Uh, down game for Austin Eckler, but those are going to happen to anybody. The big takeaway here, I guess, is Mike Williams, man. He's just he's just not it. He's just not getting it done. Two for 58 here. And I, I want to say it's like three or four games in a row where he has just not been a fantasy factor. So I guess you could start downgrading him. Um, you hate to see it because he was on he was on pace to be like the top five wide receiver this year. And I don't know if it has something to do with like Justin Herbert, but they get, you know, they get Minnesota next week, which is low key a, a pretty damn good uh defense you get pittsburgh the week after that which is a very good defense so it doesn't get too much easier but it does i guess down the stretch maybe denver cincinnati giants can't okay it gets way easier but uh for now like I, I don't know how much you can expect out of mike williams you're still starting him in my opinion because he has such a high ceiling um but keenan allen is taking over 13 targets 12 catches 104 yards mike williams still a flex guy but um hard to trust him at this point Jalen Hurts, 62 yards on the ground, 162 through the air in a tugger. Uh, the big the big takeaway here is that rotation at running back for Philly. Uh, 17 for 71 on the ground and a touchdown for Jordan Howard. 17 fucking carries for Jordan Howard. Didn't have a single running back with the target. So after Boston Scott game, honestly, I kind of felt like this was pretty easy to see with Boston Scott. Like it was going to be hard to trust him 
in any game because they're one, a committee, but two, like we have no idea if he's getting the goal line work with Jordan Howard there. And now we kind of see that he's not. And then Kenneth Gainwell got a random goal line carry. So hard to, hard to trust any of them, but Jordan Howard seems to be the most involved one. And, and the guy, I guess you can trust the most right now. If you look at their snap counts, let's up. I want to check something right quick. How do I check my RAM? That ain't it. I don't know how to do this. Storage. Whatever. Fuck that. Fuck you. Uh, what was I looking at? Philly? You're, you're. Hey, make sure y'all hit the thumbs up button if you don't hate the fucking video so far. Uh, Boston Scott still led the team with 44% of the targets. Jordan Howard at 40. And then Kenneth Gainwell at 19. So Kenneth Gainwell actually played fewer. I guess they weren't getting blown out. So that makes a little bit of sense. But uh, yeah, Boston Scott still the RB1, but. You know, not on a touch basis, I guess. So I wouldn't be, you know, it's going to, it'd probably vary between Scott and Jordan Howard in terms of like touches. Miles Sanders will be back eventually. So it's like, it's an ugly backfield to, to really guess on. So you can't really have a lot of confidence in any of those guys, though. I would definitely be picking up Jordan Howard if I needed a running back or a flex spot. Philly, no one involved except for Devontae Smith. It was strictly just him. Big game from him. Uh, could have seen that coming. He I put him in most of my underdog picks because the Chargers were without like all of their starting cornerbacks. What else do we got? So we've got the Packers Chiefs. We've got the Cardinals Niners. And then the last game of the evening. So Packers Chiefs was just so ugly, man. I really don't know what to make of this Chiefs offense. They're just bad. They're just straight up bad. Mahomes is playing terrible. 166 passing yards. 4.5 yards per attempt. You know, Jordan Love looked terrible. Jordan Love looked awful. But Mahomes somehow averaged a full yard. 1.1 yards less per attempt than Jordan Love did. Just so bad. Um Takeaways, Darrell Williams just absolutely dominated Derek Gore in terms of touches and involvement. 19 carries to Gore's three. Darrell Williams, four targets to Gore's one. So it was a really, really cute week for Derek Gore last week. But seems like that dream is over. The Gore dynasty has officially fallen. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I don't know if he's going to be back next week. He should start to like... You should start to hear some rumbles of return, but I, I don't know if he's even close to returning yet, to be honest with you. The Chiefs play the Raiders next week and then Dallas before a bye. Um, so I think you could start Darrell Williams with like semi, semi-confidence, semi I guess, right? 22 touches. Is, I'd like to say 22 touches in the Chiefs offense is nice, but it's really not anymore. Um, yeah, listen, if I, if I own Mahomes, like I'm still going to start him. I'm still like, I'm not going to be streaming guys over him just because we know any given day he could just whip out a fucking 300, four touchdown game. And I feel like that's just worth having in, in your lineup. Um, but yes, it's, you just kind of, kind of close your eyes and hope it happens on the flip side. So Jordan Love comes in and again, plays terrible. The running backs get very little involvement in this one. Dylan did get eight carries and four targets for four catches, 44 yards. So he is, uh, he had as many touches as Aaron Jones did and produced more because he had a lot of targets. Here's what I'll say. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is, if all things go perfectly and he is completely asymptomatic, does not have any symptoms over this week, he will be able to return to the facilities on Saturday, which is obviously pushing it super, super close. So it has to go perfectly. He'll return Saturday to play Seattle. Seattle will probably have Russell Wilson back at this point. 
So, you know, go on as, as normal, starting Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, uh, you know, A.J. Dillon is a bad flex play if you want to with Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers. But if Aaron Rodgers did not make it back, the only guy you could really trust is Devontae Adams. I mean, I get you're obviously – I mean, you're probably still going to start Aaron Jones in your flex, but, like, hard to feel good about it. Cardinals 49ers, we were without Kyler. We were without DeAndre Hopkins. We were without A.J. Green and James Conner just absolutely down. Actually, a lot of takeaways from Arizona side. Uh, we won't really talk about the receiving side of things because, again, Kyler wasn't there. He might not play next week either. You know, they, they, they're they playing with house money right now. They walked away with a dub, and they play – who do they play next week? Play Carolina, who has been awful. So it's almost like Arizona's defense might be able to just trade up, beat Carolina's offense next week. So maybe they just don't push it with Kyler, right? Let them – because they won this game, and again, playing with house money, like they just uh, let Kyler rest another week. Same thing with D-Hop. So – the, the big story here, of course, is Chase Edmonds suffers a high ankle sprain. He's going to be, I believe he's going to be put on the IR. So he'll be out at least three weeks, if not more. And James Conner is just completely taken over. Holy shit, what a game by James Conner. Looked good, too. Looked like vintage James Conner. Uh, 21 carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns. Had a long of 35 yards on the ground. Big The big part of this was that he took over Chase Edmonds' role and then made, made Chase Edmonds his fucking daughter. Five targets, five catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Chase Edmonds wishes he could sniff 77 yards through the air. But James Conner became a bell cow, became the workhorse, became a featured back in an offense that's absolutely rolling. Eight and one, 31 points without Kyler Murray. So, yes, James Conner uh, is a must start as long as Chase Edmonds is out, obviously. The really interesting part of this is Eno Benjamin, man. And I also tweeted this out this summer when I had my two dynasty startup drafts. I said there was four players I came away with my dynasty drafts from the two startups I had this summer. There's four players that I came away with both teams with. Uh, one of them was Khalil Herbert. The second one was Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin low-key had like one of, if not the nicest touchdown run of the season yesterday. He didn't get a lot of work. Nine carries, 39 yards, but he scored this touchdown where he absolutely truck-sticked the shit out of this dude. It was embarrassing. Like I feel bad for the family if they were watching. But, you know, Benjamin's a good player, man. You know, Benjamin um, is a guy with a three-down skill set. I don't know if you all remember him coming out of college from Arizona State, but he is a really good pass catcher as well. 15.6% um, college target share, 94th percentile. He had a ton, a ton of receiving work in college. I don't know if they have their college numbers on here. No, I guess they don't. I'm a player profiler. Uh, but he caught like 40 to 45 passes in his last season, which is a huge number for college. So, you know, Benjamin, I expect to play – like a little bit of the Chase Edmonds role. I I, I could see him playing like 50% of what Chase Edmonds was, which on, you know, on, on some days that'll be like 10 touches. And Eno's a really, really talented player. So I think he's definitely worth picking up in deeper leagues and just seeing what happens if they just want to give James Conner 48 touches a game. But uh, that's the big takeaway there on the Niner side of things. Good to see Kittle back. Good to see Debo looking at least pretty healthy. Uh, Elijah Mitchell looked plenty healthy despite the rib reports. He, Basically, was like the only running back involved at all in this game. Eight for 36. Uh, also saw five targets, caught five of them for 43, which was big. The receivers, though, George Kittle, obviously, uh, he bite six catches, 101, and a touchdown. So you're starting him every week as a tight end one. Debo, five for 63 on nine targets. Brandon Ayuk, the big story here. Uh, everyone dropped his ass, and now he goes eight targets, six catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. And now everyone's like, we're bike. We're fucking bike on Ayuk. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing is that he's Brandon Ayuk still. And 
I, I like, how are you going to get excited after one game, you know? And it was a game where like Debo and, and these guys were probably limited. I want to see the snap counts and see what we got here. Week nine. So we had Brandon Ayuk playing 93% of the snaps. Debo, 92. Kill, 73. All right. So it seems like we have our starting roster, at least, for the Niners at this point, right? No more fuckboy, like, Trent Sherfield stuff. No more Mohamed Sanu shit. Like, Brandon Ayuk is the guy there now, all right? He's he's a guy. He's one of the guys. I would still 100. I mean, this is not fucking news to anybody. Uh, you'd much rather still own Debo over Ayuk. But, like, at least it was good to see. This felt like a, an easy week to predict Ayuk to have a big game, you know? More so because I, I thought Debo was going to miss it, but regardless, Ayuk operated as the one, and I guess, like, going forward, you, you you can start him, but, like, who do they play next week? They play Carolina, who's got, you know, still a good defense, man. They play Carolina, and uh, Stephon Gilmore is playing like a bouse. Um so I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't trust Ayuk still. I do. I like, I'd love to see him blow up over the second half of the season, but it's still hard to imagine that happening with Kittle and Debo playing as good as they are. Titans Rams in the first game without Mr. Derrick Henry. I think we're going to see some monster games at Orion Tannehill going forward. I think we're going to see some huge, huge games. Obviously this was against the Rams. So a tough defense. He doesn't throw for a lot. Does get in on the ground. I think we're going to see a lot more big ground games from Tannehill, but the backfield, uh, we were trying to figure out, you know, how it splits up without Henry. And it was a very clear running back by committee. You have Adrian Peterson with 10 carries, Jeremy McNichols with seven, Deonta Foreman with five. Honestly, Foreman looked like the best one, but I, I think Peterson got the goal line carry. He has, he scored a touchdown. I think he will end up being, you know, the main guy. I think, I, I think the fact that it was even this close in the split was only a factor of him, you know, just being signed off the practice squad. I think Peterson will probably continue to separate himself. Again, this was against the Rams, so that's a very tough team. They play the Saints, which is a really, really tough team as well. So you're not starting anyone in the backfield against the Saints. They play Houston after that. I wouldn't be surprised if AP has a really big game in Week 11. And then over the last four weeks of the season, they get Jacksonville. Pittsburgh is obviously tough, but San Francisco and Miami to close things out. So uh, AP, I'm, I'm still going to hold on to AP if I own him. What else do we got? Julio Jones, you know, he's back, but like at this point, he might, he honestly might be unplayable. Four targets, four catches, 35 yards. Let's see the snap splits here. Julio played on 74% of the snap, so basically a full-time player. Um, he was a wide receiver too, so I guess like Julio just might be what he is now. A.J. Brown looks like such a, you know, he, he didn't turn out a big performance, 11 targets, five catches, 42 yards, but like on his catches, he looks like the most dominant wide receiver in the NFL right now. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if from now on to the end of the season, he's the wide receiver one overall. I'd be surprised because the guy Cooper Cup on the other side of things is alive, so that won't happen. But y'all get the sentiment. Y'all get the point. On the Rams side of things, uh, tough game for Matt Stafford, just really, really bad. Darrell Henderson, though, uh, he, he like, tweaked his ankle. 11 for 55 on the ground. Tweaked his ankle, left the game, came back into the game, and then I believe left the game again. So keep a strong, a really, really close eye on that because if he misses time, Sony Michelle is operated as the clear number two. There's no other running back even getting touches in this offense. So Michelle would be one of the top waiver wire pickups this week if Darrell Henderson ends up being hurt. The Rams play the 49ers next week by Green Bay, Jacksonville. So I don't expect extended time for Darrell Henderson to miss because he's got a buy after this upcoming week. But 
something to keep an eye on. Robert Woods uh, continues to be really, really good since uh, he was really, really bad in the beginning of the season. Cooper Cup, another 13 targets, just dominant. Uh, that's really all the takeaways from here. There's nothing else to take away here. Yep. All right, let's check Underdog one more time and see if they put any of uh, the running back lines up here yet. Nope, nothing from Demont or Khalil Herbert. All right, we'll uh, we'll stick with that one then. Uh, Y'all know the fucking vibes. The vibes. Uh, Underdog Fantasy, the link to the app will be right in the description. It's a thing right below us. If you deposit for the first time using promo code BDGE, they're going to match it up to $100. Put $10 down, you'll have 20 in your account with promo code BG. Put 50, you'll have 100. Put 100, you'll have 200, and you can lose all your fucking money. Let's do it. Let's lose our money together. All right, we need 25 from Chase Claypool and the Pittsburgh defense. Need it. I need it. Otherwise, my whole fucking week is ruined. All right, that's uh, that's all I got for y'all today. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button if you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. Tomorrow's video will be the waiver wire video. I'll go much more in depth on the guys that I, you know, glossed over today. That'll be live 5 a.m. Eastern time as always on Tuesday. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel. We also do our in-depth waiver wire fab guidance article. That's an exclusive to the membership site bdge.store forward slash community, which is where I put my weekly rankings, which is where you get into the BDGE Discord, which is where you can join Dynasty Startup Leagues in the offseason with other BDGE members. All right. Thank you all for hanging around today. That is it. Uh, And I'll see you all tomorrow. Goodbye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.